Golf ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. <laughs> we know it. I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it I can. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? Why should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Yeah, you're very welcome back to the show. It's Richie McCormick here with you for a busy, busy night. As I say, Republic of Ireland under-21 manager Jim Crawford joins us later on in the football show. And we'll look ahead to the football championship with Eamon O'Hara and Conneth Gilligan. That's after 8pm. But yeah, as is traditional at this time of the week and this time of a Thursday, it's time to check in with the one and only John Giles. John, good evening to you. Evening, Richie. <clears throat> I tell you what, John, some weeks feel like a lifetime and this is uh, kind of one of those, just going through <laughs> the events that have that have happened and yeah. occurred uh, over the past seven days since last we spoke. Like It's been yeah. mad. There's been the departure of Sean Dyche from Burnley, which almost seems like it's been a year ago in itself already. Uh, the FA Cup semi-finals already feel like a lifetime ago. And then today we get the appointment of Eric Ten Hag as uh, Manchester United's head coach. We'll start, I guess, with Wembley last weekend because... There's a lot to take from those two semi-finals, uh, from from Liverpool's game with with, uh, with Man City, and then of course with Chelsea and Crystal Palace the following day. But as regards Liverpool and Man City, it was the latest head-to-head of the two best sides in England at the moment. What did you make of that game in particular? Yeah, well, it was a great start for Liverpool. Uh, there's no doubt about that. To go three up, you wouldn't expect that before the match started. Uh, but I think uh, Guardiola Pep uh, messed up a bit. How's I think, Richie. Well, you, you know, he left Edison out for Stefan. And, uh, you know, I know they had a, a difficult match during the week against Atletico Madrid. And, the you know, there was a couple of players injured. I know the uh, Bruyne was injured and uh, Walker was injured from that particular match. And it was a tough game. Mm. But, you know, goalkeepers don't really get much that much involved in matches to get very, very tired Richie. I mean, you might get a knock and you have to leave them out, but they don't do the running around that outfield players do. And I was, I was amazed, to be honest, when the match, uh, when the, before the match started, that Edison was out in such an important game. And, and uh, the, the main thing I think was the two goalkeepers, because Klopp didn't put uh, Arman Keller in, who's a terrific goalkeeper. You know, he kept Allison. Uh, in the team and apparently that's the first time in a domestic semi-final or a cup, ma- cup match that he didn't that he played Allison in Richie yeah. so uh, if you look back on the match I mean uh, Stefan had, had had a nightmare he was probably involved he was de- definitely involved in one of the really bad goals and maybe could be a fault of the other two as well so I think that the, the choice that he made there was a really bad choice and, and definitely gave the initiative to Liverpool, in my opinion. There's this thought, obviously, that winning the quadruple for Liverpool is like such an impossible task. And, and Jurgen Klopp is the first to, to reiterate that point, that saying that, like, listen, no team can win four trophies. But they're very much in the hunt for it. There seemed to be a sense from Manchester City that they definitely were prioritising the two main trophies that are left in their season, that being the Premier League and the Champions League at the expense of the FA Cup last weekend. Just judging by the the starting 11 not necessarily even for last night but when you see that there were six changes made for the Brighton game last night again and it looked more like a strong regular coherent Manchester City team than last Saturday did and, and Zach Steffen I guess is the is the standout choice 
in all of that it, like, it, was, it was a gamble I guess from, from Guardiola that just didn't pay off in, in the slightest well, when there's gambles and, and there's choices, uh, uh, but you have, like 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 in every situation, you use common sense as much as you possibly can, mm. uh, and that applies to football as well. So if you're in the semi-final of a cup and you put in a goalkeeper that hasn't been trusted, and indeed I think when he played before didn't do well, it is a semi-final of the cup. Uh, I mean, uh, definitely. Klopp did him on that because in the other matches, all the other matches, he played our man Keller, who's a terrific goalkeeper, but he didn't put him in for this match. And if you look back on the match, it's how the goalkeepers performed. Allison didn't make any mistakes at all, where Stefan made at least one dreadful mistake and, and, and two situations that he might have done better in, mm-hmm. in a match that he's beaten 3-2. So you have to apply common sense to it as much as you possibly can. Uh, and I think that was a really, really bad move. Uh, I mean, any other player on the pitch, I think the goalkeeper is probably the most important player on the on your team, Richie, because if he has a bad day, there's nobody can help him. And uh, I think that's what happened. I think he made a bad mistake in, in this particular situation. And as far as Klopp is concerned, Klopp is, is doing really, really well off the field in his uh, comments about this is impossible. He knows it's not impossible. It's very difficult, mm. but it's not impossible. But he's playing it down. You know, if, 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 to, to, to what would make a real mess of it? He said, well, there's four there for the taking, and uh, we can do it. We can do it any time we want to do it. <laughs> he's not going to say that. Obviously, most managers wouldn't. But I think he's playing it down really, really well. What have you made of Liverpool the last week, actually? Because I guess what gets overlooked in all of this is that, you know, people will point towards Stefan having a bad game last Saturday people point towards how you know poor Manchester United were at Anfield on Tuesday but in the midst of all this Liverpool are tackling each hurdle as it comes to them and playing really good football as they do it Liverpool are doing what's needed to be done and that takes a big big team and manager to do what they're doing even so far Richie mm. you've got a big squad he's using them well they're playing well and every match is, is the big match for them. And that's how, that's how top teams do what they do. Last week is gone. Next week is in the future. You get, in, you get concentrating on today to get this match done today. He's got a big panel. He can make changes. Very, very good team. Very, very good players. And they're in an ideal situation. And playing really, really well as well, which they have to do to win the matches that they, 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 they intend to win as they go along. Yeah. So, so Liverpool have been terrific. But I think the idea of playing Alisson last week was a big, big decision to make. I think Keller is a terrific goalkeeper, young Keller. He's, Keller is a terrific keeper, and, he, and, and his day will come. But at the moment, putting Alisson back in for this particular match, I think, made the day for him. What did you make of Liverpool on Tuesday then, John? Well, <clears throat> on the Cup semi-final, they were playing against the team, yeah. which was City. When they're playing against Manchester United, to be quite honest, they were playing against nobody. Manchester United are in a dreadful situation. They're hopeless at the moment. They've got an interim manager. Nothing is happening right. I know they, they've appointed a new manager today, mm. uh, and we can talk about that a little bit later sure, if you want yeah, to, Richie. Yeah. But uh, it was total humiliation for Liverpool to win as, as easily as they did. And fair play to Liverpool, they can only do what's put, play what's in front of them and they did it and wrapped them, wrapped them really, really badly out of the way. I mean, we had, you know, no, no show from Man U. Pogba off the pitch early again. Uh, in a, I mean, it's just a mess at Manchester United. 
and 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 this this man Eric van Ten Hag has a big big job to do when he comes into Manchester United because they're in bits at the moment really bits like putting yourself in his position John and we'll get to the Ten Hag appointment I suppose um, putting yourself in his position day one on the job when he gets in in the summer he finishes up his duties at Ajax what, yes. what should be his main priority on day one at Manchester United aside from the usual shaking everybody's hand and meeting everybody and ingratiating yourself to the staff in the canteen and all that good stuff that everybody should do anyway what should be his main priority getting into that gig well I, I think that what he's got to show the players in his, in his approach and his attitude and his personality is that I'm in charge of this situation now and I'm going to do the best I can for this club and that's going to take, I think he should say, this is going to take a little bit of time because I'm here to judge everybody on their merits and I've got to, to, to make up my mind and get to know the place and my best team as soon as I possibly can. Now, whether he says that to the players or, or not, uh, uh, I think what he says to the players in the first meeting is not going to be that important. It's what he's thinking of what he has to do to judge these players, to get to know them on the field, what they can do, what they can't do, good lads, the chancers, all that. That's going to take him a, a fair bit of time, Richie, to do that. Yeah. But the approach he's got to make, I think the, the sim- I think keep it simple from his point of view. I'm here to do a job, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it as best I can. Right? And that's what, that, and he could say, and this is what I expect from you. So I'm going to give everybody a chance, I'm going to watch everything, and in time, I will make up my mind who's going to stay and who's going to go. Because there's all these lists and, you know, we did as well on the show last night with Joe, like going through who he should keep and who needs to go and all this kind of stuff. Like, I get the impression that you would, like, the worst thing you can do is almost go in with a list and say, I want these players, I want these ones gone. There is a handful, obviously, that are going to go. You know, Paul Pogba's obviously out of contract, Jesse Lingard's out of contract, uh, Matic, Juan Mata, and there are others that will naturally drift away from the club anyway. But yeah. there's no point in going in there saying who you're going to keep and who you're going to get rid no. of from the off. You need to. No, because in, in his own mind, and my experience in it anyway, in management going to West Brom when I went to West Brom, hmm. is to keep an open mind, right? Because what I, felt, what, what I found in my experience at West Brom, I played against the West Brom players for about 10 years, and I thought I knew them. I thought, you know, he's a good player, he's not so good. And it was, I was amazed over the, the few weeks when I really got to know them uh, Richie, about players I thought were really good players that weren't, and lads who I didn't think were very good players turned out to be very, very good players. So you, you've got to give give yourself time to to try them all out, and as quick, then as quick as you possibly can, you come to a decision. I haven't had a good look. No, I don't want him. I want him. You know, that's the decision you make. So you've got to go in really with an open mind. Cause it's a real open yeah. mind to say, okay, I'll see what they're like. And I, in my experience, I think he'll, he'll be surprised for, for in a good way and surprised in a bad way when he really gets to know these players. It strikes me from the outside looking in um, that there does seem to be, like on a basic level, like whatever about the performances, but on a basic talent level, there is there are a lot of talented players within that squad who mightn't necessarily have been performing to the peak of their ability over the last while. So he will have that certainty in his favour. The word is that there isn't going to be, you know, lavish funds to add to things in the summer. But when you see stuff like the, the, there was leaks coming out today again, uh, saying his appointment is not a mixed reception from the Manchester United squad. Some players are ambivalent and others are underwhelmed. 
uh, as they wait to work with them. I mean, it's that kind of stuff that really needs more than anything else to be stamped out in that United dressing room for them to be so leaky uh, to the press and, well, and yapping well, well, through their agents, yeah. etc. Is, is it needs rectifying? Well, that that happens over a period of time when you don't have a manager. And Manchester United really haven't had a manager for the last four years, at least. Mm. I'm talking about a real manager who controls the situation, has the respect of the players, makes the right decisions. All the type of stuff now that we've seen in recent, fairly recent times from Conte at Spurs. You know, he's gone in there with an open mind. Uh, our, our man Doherty, he, he obviously didn't rate before he went in. Now he's in the team. That happens. And that's why as a manager, give yourself time. But, but if and when uh, he's in there, it won't take him long to find out who are the mouthy guys that's going to cause trouble. That doesn't take long, Richie. Yeah. And over a period of two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, he'll really get to know who are the mouthy guys, who's doing their stuff, his, who's doing their stuff. And that's if he is a top manager, which I assume he is. His record is very, very good. Yeah. He'll cop on to that very, 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 very quickly. And he will make that, let those players know in, 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 in very, very quick time, I am the boss here, and I'm going to do what I want to do and you will have to obey what I want you to do, or else you're out. So he establishes himself, this guy is a boss, and the players who are, 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 are a bit mouthy won't give him any mouth. And if they do, they'll be out like a shot. Yeah, firm hand is, a, is, is definitely needed there. What would constitute success, do you think, for Ten Hag in his, in his first season there next year? Uh, I, think, I think if he qualifies uh, for, for uh, these... Champions League, yeah. which is in the fourth position, I think he'd be doing a, a, a terrific job. Because if you look at the other guys, I mean, Klopp, we know is what's doing. With Pep, we know what's doing. Tuchel, we know what's doing. Conte has come on now. He's got to catch up on those guys. Mm. Now, he might do it very quickly, but it, it, it'll take a big job to do it very, very quickly. So I think if he gets ahead of those guys, any, any one of them to get into the fourth spot, it'd be very good. But but there again, if you, if you see... He might not get in four spot, might be six spot seven, but you can see the improvement, uh, Richie. Do you know what I mean? You can see by that the, the first, the end of the season, this fella has improved it. They're a lot better than they were. There's a bit of discipline about it, and that should be there for all the clubs. That's what he's got to establish and get the best out of the players he has at his disposal at this particular time. Obviously, then see, have a good look. This is this fellow's good. He's not good. I want him in. I want him out. And then, and then, then be allowed. And this is a big one mm. to be allowed to get the players in he wants. Because I don't think as that has been the okay the case at Manchester United for a period of time now. Yeah, you look at them. You look at her and other other teams. Players come in at the likes of Liverpool, and even you look at who Spurs bought during the January. They're players that come in to suit the system that's put forth by the manager. They're not players. They're not marquee signings. They're not somebody who's you know just brought for social media reach and all this kind of nonsense that you see. Well, particularly at Manchester United over the course of the last decade, they have to suit yeah. his vision. I guess is what I'm trying to say there. Well, well, all managers have a vision, in my opinion, when they're going into a club, and all managers have different opinions of what they want. Right? But to fulfil that vision, you have to get the players in you want. Right, because you have a vision, like say, say you want Joe Bloggs 
a midfield player. He's a good player. I want him there, yeah. you know, a, a winger or whatever it is. But if, if you're not allowed to do that, and I think this has been the case at Manchester United for quite a while now, somebody else is making decisions. I don't think Solskjaer was making the decisions to get the players in that he wanted. I, think, I don't know who's there, but if you're a manager, then the, the manager should be the expert on football. And if you get somebody else picking the, the players, your vision doesn't come into play at all, Richie. Yeah. And that's what you're employed for. It's 90, I always felt, and I've always said in, in football, in management, 90% of the job, 90% of it, is getting rid of the players you don't want and get the players in that you want. That's your vision on the club. If somebody else, a director or a director of football, is picking the players to come in, he's saying to you, he's picking the players that he would pick if he was a manager. Not for, not picking. Now, when Ferguson was there, it was a different story. I think he had his chief scout, or the man that he was responsible to, did everything that Fer- Alex Ferguson wanted to do. Yeah. And there was no interference, especially in picking the players. Because if you get a... See, what's happened now is that you get a director of football. Director of football is bringing in the players. But if he's that, if he's that good, Richie, why is he not managing the team? If 90% of the job is getting the players in that you, you want and, and, and getting rid of the players you don't want, and the manager's waiting for the director of football to make decisions that he thinks is right... Right? Because as the manager has to take the responsibility for what the players are doing on the pitch, yeah. you very seldom see a director of football taking responsibility. Out in front of the matches. media, saying, putting hands up and saying, sorry about that. Um, I want to get on to, to, to Burnley as well, because Burnley have just kicked off, of course, in the Premier League uh, against Southampton, still scored us after four minutes there. Uh, but they sacked Sean Dyche um, last Friday, uh, which seems, um, from the outside looking in, as a really rash decision aimed at. I guess trying to haul them out of the relegation zone at the 11th hour uh, just as Everton looked like they might just maybe start to pull away uh, at the bottom there and, and leave Watford and Burnley adrift but it's a huge call from Burnley for somebody who's been there so long and performed so well for such a long space of time to just go alright seven games to go you're gone I think it's ridiculous I think it's outrageous to be quite honest from the, what Dice has done for the club over the years but also the position they're in Richie, I mean, you get a manager coming in with seven matches to go, and, and he's coming in as a stranger to the club. I mean, Dice knows every player and everything that's going on at, at the club, and he has to be the best man to pick the team to get the best from them for this next, these next seven matches. It's just outrageous. I think the way he's been treated is, has been very, very bad. He's, he's done performed miracles, in my opinion, at that club for the last six, seven, eight years. Absolutely, he has spent hardly little spent any money, any player that, that would really be good can be taken away from him. I mean, Dice, to, to save Burnley, and he's done it before. I mean, nearly every season he's been there, he's had a relegation fight, and, and, and he's got them through. So if anybody knows them, you know, gets, has to know them get well, he's better than anybody else. Yeah. But these, new, these are new owners have come into the situation. To, to be honest, and I, I don't think they're going to do Burnley any good. I actually think when they came in, uh, they still owe money to whoever they bought it from to own the club and they haven't paid it yet so in, in, in Sean Dice's guy I feel very 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 sorry for him I think it's a bad decision and I can't see Burnley with a new manager having a better chance than Dice himself 
to see them through. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing Sean Dyche back in the Premier League before we'll be seeing Burnley uh, back there with the way things are going at the moment. But as I say, uh, taking on Southampton tonight and if they do win, uh, they'll move to within a point of Everton at the bottom of the table. John, absolute pleasure as always. Thanks so much for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Thanks, Richie. There you go. That's John Giles. And football on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Liverpool versus Everton. Oh my, on Super Sunday. Uh, This coming Sunday, live only on Sky Sports.